bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord. I will praise him. I'll be thankful to God. I will magnify the Lord at all times. That means 24 hours a day and seven days a week. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. In fact, if I'm not praising God, something's wrong with me. That means I'm looking at my natural circumstance and trying to figure it out on my own. But I, I bless the Lord because I know if I, even if I can't figure it out, God already worked it out. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound Broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. Mindset is synonymous with words like attitude, frame of mind, and demeanor. Our mindset, mindset helps to determine how we interpret, make connections, and respond to situations. Our 2023 theme is Christ-minded. In other words, having the mind of Christ. If you don't mind, let's go to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Of course, this has been our theme scripture uh, for the year. And it come from, comes from Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Again, we need to allow the mind of Christ, allow his attitude, his beliefs, and his opinions to be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. And I believe that the Lord Jesus desires for us to have a mindset of being thankful. To give thanks is an expression of gratitude. When we're thinking of having a mindset to give thanks, thoughts, and words such as, I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. I can't thank you enough. I appreciate what you did and what, what you constantly do for me as well as others. How many believe that that's important that we tell people thank you? Yeah, just don't let people do stuff for you, but have an attitude and a mindset that I am grateful for what you're doing. Because you never know, because people are busy these days, and if they take time out of their schedule to come to church or to help us or to do other things, we ought to be grateful for them. We ought to be grateful for them. Ten, <clears throat> as mature Christ-minded believers, we must be proactive when it comes to magnifying, glorifying, and boldly letting God know how much we appreciate him. We need to be confident and courageous to let God know Hey, God, I appreciate you. I'm grateful for what you're doing in my life. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, God. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Oh, we thank you for God that he saves us. He heals us. Not only does he heal us, he keeps us healed. You ever been to the store? You walked out that store and you say, oh, God, thank you for keeping me when I went through that store. Oh, I went to the hospital. I thank you for keeping me for going when I went to the hospital. I thank you for keeping when I went up I-20, down 27, 78. Thank you, God, for keeping me. Lord, Lord, just to be able to drive from point A to point B without falling asleep, without going over the yellow line, without going in the ditch. Amen. Good gas mileage, a good car. It is a blessing, amen, to be thankful to our God. That's why the psalmist remind us how to enter into the presence of the Lord. If you don't mind, let's go to Psalms 100 and verse 4. 
Psalms 100 and verse 4. God is so good to us. So good to us. And he, he said, he tells us how to enter into his presence. Psalms 100 and verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Enter. Come in. Come in. But how do you come in? You come into his gates, his, his abode, or his court, or his presence with thanksgiving. In fact, most of the time when I pray because of the scripture like this, I come before him telling him thank you. Before I ask him for one thing, before I ask him for to, to do, amen, to heal a body, to deliver me, to pay a bill or whatever, I'm thanking him. Because this is how he tells us to enter in with thanksgiving, giving him thanks. Thank you, God, for paying the bills last time. Thank you for, amen, paying the water bill. Thank you for paying the mortgage, God. Thank you, God, for keeping me, God. It is a mindset of thanksgiving. And he goes on to say here, and into his courts with praise, adoration, and celebration. It is a mindset of readiness, not getting ready, but we come in giving him thanks. Because why? We instructed to do so. Well, I want to ask God for this, that, and the other before I tell him thank you. I'm waiting for God to do it before I tell him thank you. There's some real mind, excuse me, some Christ-minded believers that thank him before he even do it. That thank him, amen, even before he shows up. Thank him, amen, I know you're going to show up, God. I'm going to the doctor, but you're going to show up before I get there. Lord, I'm going to the mechanic, get my car fixed, but I appreciate you going before I get there. Lord, I'm about to go do this, that, and the other, but I thank you for going there, doing it before I get there. Oh, how many have ever thanked God before you got there? Hallelujah. Woo, glory be to God. I thank you before I get there, God, because if you don't show up, oh, God, this might be a bad situation. We must continue to pray for strength and power and might for those times where we're challenged to have a heart of praise and a mindset of thanksgiving. We need God's power to stir us so that we can think, talk, and act according to the word of God and possess a thankful mindset. Therefore, in the latter part, uh, in the latter part of Psalms 100 and verse 4, it says this, be thankful to him and bless his name. Be thankful. Give thanks to Jesus. And not only that, bless or adore his name, his fame, his reputation, his authority. In other words, when God, when you start praying in the name of Jesus, you know you got power working on your behalf. Oh yeah, when you start saying in the name of Jesus, I cast you out, you know God's power is working on that. Why? When you say the name of Jesus, amen, you know something about to change anyway. Oh, but with the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. And, being, and when we understand that aspect, we're constantly being thankful. We're continuing to be thankful. We're, we exist to be thankful. We're acting on being thankful. And as a forward-minded church, we must be thankful to him and bless his name. We have to celebrate the reputation, the authority, and the glory of God. I like when, when Paul was in a situation and he was getting ready to cast out a demon. And, and the demon looked around and he says, Paul, 
Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? But he knew who Jesus was. I guarantee you that. He knew exactly who Jesus was, and we better know who Jesus is before you start messing with somebody. You better know who Jesus is because you never know who God, who's God, listen, when Paul was persecuting the church before we got saved, hey, hey, Jesus stepped in and said, hey, why are you persecuting me, Paul? Why are you doing this to me, Paul? And Paul, I don't remember touching you. Hey, when you do it to one of these, it's just like doing it to me. You better know whose child you are, praise God. They mess with you. They're just like messing with. Mm-mm-mm-mm. We have to celebrate his reputation. God has got a reputation. He has authority. He has glory. And I have to understand the word of God to the point that I'm making a mental connection that God desires for me to have and maintain a thankful heart. It's not an option. I must be grateful for Jesus and what he's doing in my life. I also must be grateful for others, those that God has placed in my life to help me, encourage me, and support me. I also must be grateful to those who are in my life to guide me, instruct me in God's written and revealed word, correct me, and challenge me. Why? Because I know it's going to make me better. I appreciate the fact that people do different things, and I'm learning how to appreciate those around me and I'm grateful for everyone. Thank God for what he does in my life and in your life as well. We have to mature in God to the point that even when I'm dealing with situations and circumstances, I have a thankful heart. Because all things are working together for our good because we love God and call according to his purpose. We are grateful because of what the word is doing in our lives. While I'm yet waiting on the promise to manifest, I have a thankful heart. A thankful heart impacts my praise and my worship. Again, we see the power of a thankful mindset when it comes to praising and magnifying our God. Psalms 34 and 1, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, I like Psalms 34 and 1. Let's go to Psalms 34 and 1. I thought we were there, but let me make sure we get, we see what the Bible says when it comes to Psalms 34 and verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord. I will praise him. I'll be thankful to God. I will magnify the Lord at all times. That means 24 hours a day and seven days a week. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. In fact, if I'm not praising God, something's wrong with me. That means I'm looking at my natural circumstance and trying to figure it out on my own. But I, I bless the Lord because I know if I, even if I can't figure it out, God already worked it out. He is already unworked it out. How many are thankful that he already unworked it out? He worked it out in your finances. He worked it out in your body. He worked it out in your mind. He worked it already out. And I appreciate the fact that he already has worked it out. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. It is a perpetual thing. I, I'm, keeping, I'm praising God continually. David said, I will bless the Lord. I'll be thankful to the Lord. I will magnify and celebrate and boast about my God at all times. I will, excuse me, I will maintain a perpetual, never-ending praise in my mouth. 
And he goes on to say in Psalms 34 and verse 2, My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. My soul, my mind, my will, my character shall make its boast, its praise, oh God, in the Lord. I'm going to speak proudly about God. And the humble shall hear of it and be glad. The more I mature in God's word, it changes me and makes us better. I thinking better, I talking better, and I character better. I, I, we learn how to boast in the Lord and not boast about what we do, our ability. Listen, some of us realize by now, our ability, you know, we might get it right sometimes and sometimes we might not get it right. But God ne always gets it right. I promise you that. He always gets it right. Every decision that God makes is always right. Every decision that God makes is always right. We have to line up with his decision, though. We have to line up with his decision because every decision God makes is right. God does not make the wrong decision. Mm -mm -mm. He does not make the wrong decision. Now, we may miss it and make the wrong decision, but God always make the right decision. Even if he says you have to suffer long, that's still the right decision. If God says you need to sacrifice, that's still the right decision because God has the big picture in mind. He's got the big picture in mind. God, listen, this is some things I've been through in my life. I said, God, why are you taking me through this right here? But he had the bigger picture in mind. He's, he would develop your character and the decisions that he makes in our lives. And I thank God for his decision making because he knows me better than I know myself. And notice what else here. And then the more that I mature in God's word, it changes me and helps me do better. I begin to boast more about my Jesus making me better. Better is here and better is coming. Humility begins to manifest more in me and manifest in those around me. When I boast in the Lord, this verse says the humble... The humble shall hear of it and be glad. The humble, the meek, the lowly in mind. Thinking humble, humility is like this. Thinking about yourself like God thinks about you. Thinking about yourself like God thinks about you. Not thinking low, not thinking high, but thinking about yourself like God thinks about you. You want to be in a situation where you're thinking about yourself like God thinks about you. That is humility. And the humble person knows that if it had not been for Jesus rescuing, delivering, protecting, and prospering them, they would not be where they are today. We know, oh my God, God knows how to take care of his people. And many times we don't quite always understand what God is doing in our lives. But I do know this, he knows what he, he's got our best interests at heart. He's got our best interests at heart. Oh, thank God he's got our best interests at heart. Woo! Glory be to God. Oh, I don't always understand it, God, but I know you got my best interests at heart. Even a natural parent will sometimes punish their children because they know, hey, if I don't correct this behavior, hey, this is going to be bad when they get a little older. Because why? You know what society has to offer. Oh, my God. But, hey, so you know the king of kings know how to take care of his children. You know Jesus know how to take care of his children. Because why? He got your best interest at heart. He's got your best interest at heart. 
And so a humble person will praise and boast on God because they know that it's God that changed their situation for the better. David continues to tell us to unite in this mindset of thanksgiving and boast more on our Jesus in Psalms 34 and verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt this name together. Oh, magnify, promote God, make his name powerful, praise the Lord with me and let us exalt. Let us lift up his name. What name? Jesus. Jesus is his name. In the name of Jesus, every knee gonna bow. In the name of Jesus, sickness got to go. In the name of Jesus, demons got to flee. Why? Because Jesus is that name. That name, that name's above every name. Jesus is his name. I appreciate you, Jesus. I'm grateful for you, Jesus. And let me say this before I move on here. It's just a privilege to know the name of Jesus. See, some people know it, but they don't know his power. They, they heard it, but they don't know his anointing. They, they, listen, they heard it and they read about it on a billboard, but to really know his power, you, you ought to be grateful for it's grateful that you know, hey, I can pray in the name of Jesus and something about to happen right now. Some people say the name of Jesus, it don't even affect them. I mean, they say Jesus, it don't even affect them. But you know when you say Jesus, it's going to affect something. You know when you pray in the name of Jesus, something about to happen. You know when you give in the name of Jesus, it's going to be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. You know when you love in the name of Jesus, hey, I know people don't, might not like me, but I love you because Jesus loved me. You know how to do it because Jesus loves us. And it's a privilege when God reveals his name to you. Oh, you got to know that because everybody don't know, amen, the power that's in the name of Jesus. I mean, you can walk into many churches today and they just got, uh, they, they say it, but they don't understand the power behind it. Because you understood the power behind it. You wouldn't just say it haphazardly. You wouldn't just say it just to be saying something. You say it because, hey, I'm activating the power of Jesus when I say this. I, I just can't say this just anywhere because, listen, an earthquake may come. Glory be to God. Listen, a demon may be cast out when I say it. Somebody might be healed when I say it. I'm just not going to say it just to be saying it. I'm saying it and I'm releasing his power in this situation. Remember, prayer is this. Prayer is this. Prayer is I want God involved. I want God involved. I'm praying in the name of Jesus because I want him involved in whatever I'm dealing with. I want him to deal with my family. I want him to deal with my workplace. I want him to deal with my business. I want him to deal with my mind. I want him to get involved. Listen, when you ask Jesus to get involved, hey, <laughs> it's life changing when you get God, Jesus involved in your situation. It's life changing. And let's, let's, let me say this to you. I'm about to move on. Our life is so much better since we got Jesus involved. Our life is so much better since we got Jesus involved. We think better, we talk better, and we act better ever since we got Jesus involved. Now, let's go to our text for today. In Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. Luke 17, verse 11 through 19. I'm going to read it, and then we'll go back, and we're going to talk about it. I want you to notice what it says. Remember last week, before you get in Luke 17, 11 through 19. 
Mary chose the good part. It was a decision that she made that changed her life. It changed her life. And we understand when Mary chose that good part, the Bible says this, it will not be taken away from you. So Mary had a situation. She could have helped Martha serve, but she chose to sit at the feet of Jesus and to hear his word. And when she chose to hear his word, her life changed for the better. I want to show you another decision that a leper, or excuse me, a former leper made when he made a decision to turn around and give God thanks and glorify him. It changed his life for the better. And I want you to understand something. There are decisions that we make in life that you can make a decision and that, that one decision can change your life for the better. I mean, it'll change your life for the better. Luke 17, we're going to start at verse 11. Now, it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voice and voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. 16. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Let's go back to verse 11. Let's look at this, starting at verse 11. Now, it happened as he went to Jerusalem. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. He, he passed, he journeyed through the midst or in the middle of Samaria and Galilee. Now, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a certain village. It's kind of interesting. The Bible doesn't really give us the name of the village. He's a, but we do know this. Jesus is an excellent example of go ye to all the world, teaching and preaching the gospel. We see that in the book of Matthew. And Jesus was intentional about his actions. Y'all know it wasn't no accident that Jesus ended up at this certain place. Y'all know enough about Jesus that when he was going, he had these 10 lepers in mind. Yeah, you know he had them. Y'all know Jesus by now. He don't, listen, that been me? Oh, I would have stumbled upon it. But that Jesus, okay, that Jesus, he knew exactly what he was doing. All right, so he entered that place. We know that. He had a purpose and a reason to be in that area. And this encounter with Jesus is recorded for our learning. And I have to ask myself the question, Lord, what is it that you want me to learn from this journey? And how does this journey relate to my personal journey? All right. So let's go into verse 2. Luke 17, verse 2. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. So we see here ten men who were lepers. Lepers is a scaly 
rough-skinned from disease, who stood afar off. So we see that Jesus enters this certain village. Immediately, he sees a need. In fact, he does not just see one need, he sees ten needs. Ten needs. And when Jesus comes into our life and our heart, he sees our need. In fact, he sees many needs in our lives. Thank God he knows us. He knows us better than we know ourselves, y'all. He knows where you're going. He knows what you're doing. He knows how to meet needs. That's why Philippians tells us our God should supply, my, and my God should supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19. Yet we, we serve, oh yeah, some needs are obvious and some needs are not so obvious. These needs were definitely obvious needs because they were lepers. You could see it on their skin. Now, my question for you is this. What do you need Jesus for today? What do you need Jesus for today? These men were diseased. It was obvious to the eye. They had a disorder or a disease that impacted their outer appearance. And their skin was scaly, rough. And they had, they had to stand afar off. And Jesus has all power to heal every sickness and every disease. Many times we have to study why he chose this particular method to heal this particular, excuse me, these 10 lepers. Because you know, Jesus could have said a word. He could have looked at them and said, hey, you healed. And they'd have been healed just like that. I mean, y'all know Jesus got all power, right? This is not no weak God. He could have looked at them and said, hey, you're healed. And they'd have been healed just like that. So it's a reason he chose this particular method. And so we're going to look at it and see, okay, why did God choose this method as opposed to other methods, okay? Now, let me, let me give you this before going to the next verse. The reason they had to stand afar off because that was the law established under Moses' um, guidance. You find this in the book. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it to you. You don't have to go to it, but you get to mark for your Bible for later. But Leviticus chapter 13, verse 45 and verse 46 Leviticus chapter 13, verse 45, verse 46, it reads as follows. Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, unclean, unclean. Verse 46, he shall be unclean. All the days he has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean, and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling should be outside the camp. So that was set up in Leviticus chapter 13, verse 45, verse 46. So that was, they had to do that. It wasn't like something uh, they wanted to do. It was just something that was part of the law. All right? So I, I just want you to get that part. That's why they stood on the outside like they did. Now, verse 13, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. I want you to notice something. They knew how to lift their voice. <laughs> they learned, they knew how to raise or elevate their voice in order to get help. Oh, they, they knew how. And those, they, uh, it seemed like all 10 of them said the same thing. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Mercy is this, offer aid. 
I need aid. I need you to help us. I need you to help us because we are afflicted. Now, we see the unity of mind. Listen, the lepers were, were unified on this. They said, hey, we, I, don't know, I don't know if they had a, a meeting beforehand. Hey, when Jesus come to town, y'all, we finna have this, this praise song. It's going to be called Jesus Help Us. Now, y'all follow me? And when, we, when Jesus come to town, we're all going to say it at one time. And, and somehow they did it. I mean, you read the text. Ten of them said, hey, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And one thing about it, they got his attention. Now, I, I ain't mad with them because they got his attention. I, I'd rather, listen, might look foolish to y'all, but I don't get his attention. Now, y'all follow me? I'm, I want his attention because I realize he got the power to help me. I'm glad he didn't try to get the, the, Sad, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and all those others' attention because they couldn't help him. They couldn't help him. But, hey, they called on somebody that could help him. And sometimes we go to everybody else except for the one who can help us. Oh, we'll go to this, that, and the other. They can't help us, but when you go to Jesus, he can help you. And he can help me as well. So let me read a few points I want to bring to your attention. When we need help, we can cry out to Jesus. And when, excuse me. When we're stressed, anxious, and in distress, we can ask God to help us. And there's nothing wrong with asking Jesus for help. You know why? Psalms 46 says this. He is a present help in the time of need. Psalms 46 and verse 1. And so you need to know that, hey, God is a present help. Present means he'll help me right now. Now, the thing is, how does he choose to help me right now? That's what we all have to get. And understand, if he chooses to help me in this particular way, I, got, I need to be okay with that. I need to be okay with it. I can't get mad because... He spoke to you, and you got healed just like that. But for me, it's taking weeks. I still got to be know that he is my present help in the time of need. We just say it like this. Any way you bless me, Lord, I will be satisfied. Really? Really? Will you really be satisfied if he decides to help you and take weeks to help you? If he decides to take a month to help you? If he decides to get you out of debt in a number of years, then will you be satisfied with that? We have to ask ourselves that question. If he chooses to help me this particular way, then I got I to be okay with that. I got to be okay with that. And let me say this to you. Pastor Dobbs still working on himself. <laughs> when God chooses to help me in a certain way, I say, God, you know what? I gotta, I, I'm okay with that, God. I may not like it that way, but if you chose to do it this way, then I'm going to be okay with that. Like, for, let me give you one quick example. I'm going to move on. He decides to pay my bills every month. I, I wish he'd go ahead and pay the mortgage off. I'd be done with it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? He got the money. <laughs> the, the Bible tells us cattle on a thousand hill belong to him. And I saw the price of beef the other day when I went to the grocery store. So I know he got the money. <laughs> I know he got the money. So if he chooses to get, pay my mortgage every month until it's paid off, okay, I'm satisfied with that, okay? Are, are y'all seeing the difference there? Now, I, I want you to understand that because it is important that we understand any, if he chooses to do it a certain way, we got to be happy with that. We got to be happy with that. If he decides to heal my body just like that, I ought to be happy with it. But if I got to go through this routine, taking medicine three times a day, one, two, three, <laughs> one, two, three, one, two, three, I got to be satisfied with that. Any way he blesses me, 
I will be satisfied. Do y'all follow me here? So now let's move on. Let me give you a few more points before I move on to verse 14. There's nothing wrong, again, in asking for help. We should unite together, praying and asking Jesus to assist us, bring relief, whether financial relief, healing relief, relief from chaos and confusion, and so forth. We need to continue to pray for the source of our healing, deliverance, peace, and prosperity, which is Jesus. The lepers wanted him to have mercy on them and to bring them help to their situation. They must have believed that he had the power to help them. Oh, yeah, I believe they believed that, too. Jesus has a way to meet our needs, answer our questions, a way to rescue as well as deliver us. Whatever you need help in, God has a way of helping you. And he has the best method of helping you. His mode of operation, his way of doing things is the best way for all of our lives. All of our lives. It is the best way. Let me tell you something. I try to think of stuff, but... When I go back and I evaluate it, God's way is a whole lot better than to me trying to think about it. His way is a whole lot better. I tried some stuff my own, messed stuff up. But God knows how to fix us up. And we must continue to learn his written and revealed words so that we can learn and recognize Jesus' way and let go of our way. His way is the best way. And knows how Jesus helped them in verse 14. And when he, So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And so as they, as they went, they were cleansed. So when he saw them, when he looked at them, we perceived their condition. He said to them, hey, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, I'm thinking this for a moment. He never said, be healed. He never said, Lord, in the name of Jesus. He didn't lay oil on or nothing. He said, go show yourselves to the priest. And he never said you'll be healed as you're, you go show yourselves to the priest. He did, this is what happened. Lepers came. He spoke to the ten lepers. Hey, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Woo, that's powerful, ain't it? That's powerful. I, I mean, it's powerful to me. It may not be powerful to you, but that's powerful to me. He said, Dobbs, as you leave here, on your way to, high, to the house, millions of dollars going to be there. Why do I keep on walking, God? I keep on walking. Whatever he decides to do, I need to be okay with that. I need to be okay with that. I may not understand it. It may not uh, fit my logical way of doing things. But he knows me better than I know. You know, when uh, Peter had a tax problem, Jesus had a tax problem, what did he tell him to do? Hey, Peter, go fishing. How are we going to pay taxes going fishing? <laughs> he said, the first fish you catch. Hey, take the corn out the fish's mouth. Now, I don't know what kind of conversation they had, but I've been looking at Jesus like, what in the world is he talking about? I'm a fisherman, and I ain't never seen no coins in a fish's mouth. But you know, when he went and he did it, both taxes got paid. Are y'all following him? So, well, however God decides to do it, we're, gonna, we're okay with that. We're okay with that. We're okay with that. So, when he saw them, he looked at their proceeding. He said, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was as they went, as they departed, they were cleansed. They were free from defilement, purified from wickedness. 
Woo, they were cleansed. Notice how they united and cried for help, got Jesus' attention. So when he saw them, Jesus saw them. He, he says, hey, I don't know about you, but I want Jesus to see me too. Y'all know that, right? I want Jesus to see me. When they, when they cried out of help, he looked at them, perceived their condition, their need, and so forth. When, after they lifted their voice. And we must continue to get the Lord's attention through lifting up the name of Jesus. And when we do, we need to understand. When we hear, understand, and apply his instruction, we're going to see results. We're going to see results. They heard his instructions. Go, show yourself to the priest. Interesting. I don't even know if they ever made it to the priest. Bible doesn't tell us. <laughs> but the act of going got their healing. <laughs> I hope y'all saw that. I don't even know if they made it to the priest. It could have. The Bible doesn't, let, doesn't tell us yay or nay. But I do know this. They were cleansed. They were cleansed. Whoo, glory be to God. They were free from the fire. They were free from that leprosy. They were free. Miracles happen when we start to obey God's word. You know one thing I love about God? You ain't got to be perfect in obedience, but just the act that you're trying to obey can take you a long way. Take you a long way. Boy, I'm telling you, you might not, listen, they say pray for an hour. Here you are 10 minutes later, sleep. Amen. At least you're praying for 10 minutes. He said, stand and show thyself approved unto God. Here you go, stand it for eight minutes, and there you go. The book will hit you in the head. Y'all know about that right there. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Then your phone, your phone, be, listen, the phone can try to study your phone. I, I, I can't do it personally because I get distracted by all the apps on my phone and all this stuff that comes scrolling down, the notices and all that kind of stuff. I don't do it. I just use a book or something like that because my book, there's nothing trying to scroll down and get my attention. So I just learned how that's what I do. My phone, psh, ain't no way in the world. I, I've been looked at every news app, every sports score. They, they have, once I get in a sports score, I try to see who the basketball season started. See, all that stuff don't mess me up right there. See, y'all don't have that kind of problem. I'm talking about me, okay? So I pick up one of these right here. Nothing scrolling down. Nothing is pop-ups. Nobody trying to text me. Nobody, y'all don't know about that. Keep praying for the rest of us. I pick up one of these right here, and nothing's trying to get my attention other than Jesus. Remember last week, what happened to Martha? Martha was distracted by much serving. You can be distracted from the thing that's most important. And we don't need to be distracted from the word of God, y'all, because it's life. That's why I thank God that Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet and she was not distracted. Let me tell you something. You can get distracted by your phone. You can get distracted by people. You can get distracted by things in life. Oh, God. I'm just, life can be distracted. See, I know y'all got quiet right there. I know I'm going to be hitting the, hitting the boy. <laughs> Sometimes you got to put that phone down, y'all, and get you a book so you ain't distracted. Now, if, you're not, if it don't distract you, you're okay, all right? But for the rest of us and him, you know you. You know I got your number right now. You say, oh, Lord, Pastor, I'm talking about it right now. Some people can't hardly listen to me right now because they, they got the Bible phone right now. They got the Bible on the phone right now. And all of a sudden, other stuff keep coming down. Game finna start in 15 minutes. Uh -huh. You know, <laughs> you know they distracted right now. So, you know, and I ain't got no problem with you using your phone. I really don't. But just don't let it distract you. Y'all follow me? Just don't let it distract you. And if you ain't disciplined enough, know who you are. You ain't, you ain't fooling nobody but yourself. And you ain't fooling me. You ain't fooling your neighbor. You, well, your neighbor probably looking at your phone, too. Who that? Who, who texting you right now in the middle? Y'all don't have a gun? 
One time, I, <laughs> my wife had this message. One time, she tapped me. Who, who that text you? I'm trying to listen to what they say. <laughs> so you got to understand who you are in that situation. Now, let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. So the next verse here says this, 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed. One. Ten of them were healed. But one. One. Only one. Ten percent out of 90. Excuse me, ten percent out of 100. It seemed like to me more would have came back and told him, thank you. Is it going to be like that today, y'all? The only one is going to come back and tell God, thank you. Is it only one? Because when he knows, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed. Now, he, and the Bible says this, or does not say this. It doesn't say he wasn't going to go to the priest like he was told to, but before he went to the priest, let me go to the one who healed me. Let me go to the one who, I mean, I, I don't know how long they, they were lepers. I imagine a number of years. But boy, when you get delivered like that, you ought to go back and tell God thank you. You ought to go. I mean, you've been dealing with something for years, and the doctors have gave up on you. You got to stand over to the side. You can't be with your family. You can't be with loved ones. You can't eat fellowship dinners. You can't do this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, you've been healed, and you, now you get uh, fellowship with society. You ought to be grateful. You ought to be grateful. You ought to be grateful. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned. He turned back. So I can imagine he was with the ten. They were on their way to the priest. He looked at his body. Because understand this, all ten of them were healed. We'll see that in just a moment. But one of them returned back. And notice when he returned back, this is what he did. And with a loud voice, they all had a loud voice to get his attention. But how many had a loud voice when it came back to tell him thank you? Mm. How many had a loud voice? They, they, had, they were loud trying, help me, God. Help us, Lord. Jesus, have mercy on us, God. But one came back, hey, thank you, Lord. What were the other nine? What were the other nine? What were the other nine? The other nine. And, and he glorified God. Woo, he said he magnified God. He honored God. He celebrated God. God, I, I can imagine. Thank you, God. You healed me, God. Thank you so, so much, God. You delivered me. You got me out of debt. You healed my body. You fixed my marriage. You had my single life. You paid off my car. You paid off my mortgage. You paid it all. You did it all, God. One came back and glorified God. Magnified Jesus and fell down at his feet, giving him thanks. Giving him thanks. Knows his mindset was. His mindset was in a place of thanksgiving. He was, but notice something though. He chose to thank God. He chose to thank God. Jesus never asked him to come back and to say thank you. He chose his own. His, see, his mindset, he was grateful. He said he was grateful. I, Jesus, you know, in the instructions, Jesus said, never told them to come back and tell them thank you. But grateful people 
understand the source of their healing. Grateful people understand the source of who keeping them day by day. A mindset of thanksgiving says, God, I know you aren't doing this for me. Lord, I know you're the one who keeping my marriage. You're the one who keeping my single life. You're the one who keep me working this job. You're the one who make sure my paycheck's clear every You're the one that make sure that I can perform this particular job or do this business. You're the one to open the doors. You're the one who shut the door. You're the one, God. You are the one who does this. You're the one who does this. But notice how Jesus responds in verse 17. Hey, were there not 10 cleansed? Now, y'all know, when Jesus asked that question, it wasn't like he didn't know there were 10 cleansed. (laughs) He knew exactly how many were cleansed. He knew exactly, hey, I know I I healed all 10 of them or cleaned all 10 of them. I know I did. What other nine is? I, I know, I know here at OCC, I, I, I know I, I paid off more debt than that. I know here at OCC, I healed more bodies than that. I know here at OCC, I, 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 I fixed more marriages than that. I know here at OCC, I, but where are the others that come tell me thank you on a Sunday morning? How many return with that mindset of Thanksgiving? How many return with that mindset that, God, I'm going to thank you for what you're doing in my life? And in verse 18, he says this, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Oh, 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 that's what that Samaritan, when they put that into the text, meant that he was a quote unquote foreigner. Isn't it amazing that some people who don't really know? Listen, you know one thing that kind of brings to my attention right here? Now, I know maybe you may think I'm taking the text a little far, but I believe I'm right in line. I believe one of the reasons they bring that up is because I don't believe nobody really taught this young man or taught this former leper what to do when God does something for you. That's why they bring the point up that he was a stranger. Because nobody taught him where the, the others, they should have known better. The others should have known better. And, and sometimes people come into church and they do better than some of us. And we've been here for a number of years and we should know better. We know how to lift hands. We know how to glorify God. We know how to tell God thank you. We know how to give. We know how to pray, but yet somebody come in and they're doing something that we're not doing. They, we act like we're the stranger and they've been here the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be like that, y'all. We need to be in a situation, hey, hey, if somebody's going to tell God thank you, it's going to be me. I mean, every day the Lord is loading me daily with benefits. Every day. I mean, God, God has not missed a day in loading me with benefits. God has not missed a day in loading you with benefits. What do you mean God undone for me? You breathing right now, ain't you? 
You breathing right now, ain't you? You move, you're able to, able to come into the sanctuary. You're able to walk. You're able to, to move. You're able to do this, that, and the other. You ought to be thanking God. A mindset of thanksgiving. A mindset to say, God, I thank you for delivering me. I thank you for protecting me. I thank you for healing my body. Well, yeah, God, I, I know I, I had no symptoms, but I realized the reason I didn't have no symptoms is because you took the sickness away before the symptoms showed up. Oh, God, that's good right there, God. Lord, I thank you that, that bit, no, no crazy bills came my way. And I know even if they did come, you already provided every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Just because you don't see a danger or you don't experience a situation don't mean God didn't protect you from it. Don't mean God didn't protect you for it. Let me tell you something. When you're riding down the road, you don't know who on the other side. Thank y'all for the five amens right there. You don't know who on the other side, quote, unquote, driving their vehicle. Uh, listen, and y'all know how some people drive. They drive with one eye on the road, the other eye on their phone. And sometimes both eyes be on the phone, and, and you know God has kept you all week long. All week long. All week long. And so on Sunday morning, we should be able to turn, return back to the house of God and magnify him and glorify him and tell God, thank you. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be hard for us to praise God in the sanctuary. Hey, hey, y'all, they should never have to go, hey, y'all, we need to praise him. We need to praise him. You ain't got to tell him I need to praise him. Everything he done for me all week long, and you tell me I got to praise him. Everything he done for me, everything he done. Listen, it may not be for me. As one text told us a second ago, sometimes I magnify him for you. <laughs> I can give him glory for what he done in your life. I thank God for the promotion he gave in your life. I thank God for your, amen, the healing of your body. Listen, I, see, I know your prayer requests, the ones you give me, and I, I pray for them during the week. And I, you come in here walking in the power of God. You walk in the healing. You walk in deliverance. You walk in the anointing. You walk in his love. You walk in everything. He's done And even if you don't tell them thank you, I'm more thanking for your behalf. You ought to get that some of that give some of that glory too, cause you know, you know that job you're working on. You know, hey, you know that vehicle you're driving. You know, hey, yeah, you know what you're dealing with at your home, in your marriage, in your work life. You know, hey, it won't. You know how he paid every bill. You know that light bill came a little high, but he still took care of it. You know that gas bill jumped on you, but he still took care of it. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. And I want to close with this right here. Thank you all for being I want to close this right here in verse 19. And he said to him, arise Go your way. Your faith, your faith, your belief in Jesus, your trust in the Messiah, your conviction that what I said is true, your confidence in Jesus has made you well. King James says, whole. Let me say what that whole means. Whole is this. See, 
the nine, and there's a difference. Let me say something. There's a big difference in what the nine got and what this one got. The nine just got clean of the diseases. But the one was made whole. He was delivered. He was protected. And he prospered. That means he, listen, I, 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 like, I thank God you get, you get cleaned up, you get healed, you get all, no more leprosy, no more and all that good stuff. But hey, I want to be made whole. Don't stop God in doing what he wants to do in your life. Don't just give God, say, God, I thank you for cleaning me up. But now, thank him for making you whole. Thank you for making him well. Thank you for delivering me. See, I know that they dealt with more. Let me kind of give you just a, just a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. Hold on, just hold on. I'm, I'm about done. Think about all the times they, had, they were estranged from the camp. See, think about this. They couldn't work. They couldn't have, go to family functions. Can you think about what it played on their mind? Can you think about it, how it played on their mind? Can you think about all uh, the number of money they all the money they miss? Couldn't work. Couldn't get, get around nobody. Only person they hung around was other lepers. Can you think about all the stuff they miss because they were isolated. Their minds how they had to be made renewed and so forth. In one decision that that one leper made, he got restored back all the stuff that he missed. Just that one decision, one decision, one decision. He got delivered. His mind got renewed. I imagine he had some prosperity coming. That means his life got better. He was, I mean, he just got what the Bible says, whole or well. And it all was because, notice what he did. He came back to tell God, thank you. Are y'all seeing the text? If we would do that same thing, imagine what God would do for each one of us. Imagine what he would do for your home, your business, your marriage, your single life, your work, your business, your school, your children's school. Imagine what he would do if we would come back and tell God, thank you. Amen. A mindset of thanksgiving. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at OCCVR.org. That's OCCVR.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at OCCVR.org. Click on the Give button to give online, or you can utilize text to give text give to the number 770-692-2225 that's 770-692-2225 join us on our youtube channel subscribe to our podcast and connect with us on social media we also invite you to join us in a live service we're located at 3097 
South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at OCCVR.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.